Hello, my loves. I have some exciting news to share. So currently I have something in the works, but I can't really share everything with you. This is something that I have never done before, but I can promise you it's going to leave a lasting impact on your life. I can't even put into words how pumped I am to see the impacts that this project is going to have on your life. And you're probably like, Julia, girl, what is it? Just tell us. So the thing is, I can't really reveal everything just yet, but I can tell you with absolute certainty, this project is going to transform your life in ways that you never thought possible. So the big reveal is happening Tuesday, June 6th, and I want you to be the first to be notified when this opportunity goes live. So all you got to do is click the link in the show notes and sign up for the 24-hour early bird VIP access. Whew, that was a mouthful. Basically, by doing this, you're going to be notified first and a day early when the project goes live. Look at you. You're going to be the first one, girl. And then to top it off, I'm also going to be sending your cute self a free gift once you do this. So go ahead, click the link in the show notes. And now let's get ready for another impactful episode of the Know Your Power podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Know Your Power podcast. I am your host, Julia Renee. And Kendall Aaliyah. And today... (laughs) Shut up. Kendall, bro, if you guys have been listening to the past couple episodes of our podcast, Kendall has changed her intro name like multiple times. Like it's like Kendall Graboff, Kendall Leah, Kendall Graboff, Kendall Kendall Leah. Aaliyah Aaliyah is my middle name, but it's my Instagram name now. So that's what I'm just going to roll. I love it. Let's (laughs) let's stick with it. And guys, we have a really special guest, Caroline King, the I mean, this is really funny because it's like Caroline King, the Enneagram queen. Ooh, <laughs> what a good Or the Enneagram name. king. Like, that's some king shit. Did I you like just it. brand me? Did oh, I, my gosh. I'm Change your whole this. Instagram bio. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. And then we'll have another confusing intro. We'll be yeah. like, um, <laughs> king, queen, she, Well, and I just got queen. married in November, so my new that's my new last name. Oh, cool. So I'm still even getting used to that. So I'm like, oh, king, what can I do with this? You know, my branding <laughs> mind is just going. <laughs> you can use it a lot. It's a beautiful last you, name. She married Thanks. into a good one. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, you're like, you know, when you're little and you like write your name, like you, you think you're going to marry that boy in second grade. And you're like, um, Julia, like Hecklefin. And you're like, oh, that's not cute. My last name's Grayboff. So I don't think it gets worse. I think it's only up for me. I don't know if any of your brothers had girls writing his last no. name in their both, notebook. Both of my brothers that are married have changed their last name to fit their wives that's really that's yeah. funny well, oh i love that yeah you have a boss ass last name oh yeah he would have <laughs> taken mine if his was a bad one <laughs> yeah. we would have had that conversation <laughs> um for those listening if you listen to our podcast regularly you know we've already talked about the enneagram test multiple times we've talked about wanting to do this episode because i mean in basic terms i'll let you explain it but in basic terms the enneagram is a form of a personality test that kind of tells you a little bit about yourself so when julia and i took it and we were reading what we were we were like we need to know more we need to know more about us about the people around us i sent it to my whole family to take and all of this so um if you want to break down what is the enneagram test actually testing yeah so um so if if you don't mind can we talk about just like the enneagram instead of the test yeah Yeah, because the test is like the entry point right Mm -hmm. okay a lot of people do start and end there like kind of like you were saying before like you've done the test but haven't really did Dove in, d- dived yeah. in, <laughs> dove in, dove in. <laughs> you gotta dove right in head first. Um, but so the Enneagram is a t- personality typing tool mm. that essentially breaks down like the human psyche, and like each type 
you could call your type structure, your ego structure, your mm. Enneagram type. So it's kind of understanding the mechanics of your ego structure. Because as humans, mm. we're very, very complex, but we're also kind of sim- uh, we're also kind of simple. Like yeah. we've all got two eyes, two ears. Each of our psyches has the same kind of architecture, mm-hmm. but it's different for each of us. And so yeah. the the Enneagram breaks that down into nine different ways. And your type is based on your motivation, not your behavior. Interesting. Yeah. It's funny that you describe it as kind of like your your ego. Because when, we'll go into this a little bit later, but I'm an eight, Kendall's a three. So keep that seven. in mind when we're going. I'm a seven. <laughs> <laughs> Julia said this multiple times today. But I yeah, did. She's Ken- an eight, I'm Kendall's a seven. Kendall's a seven and I'm an eight. But when I was reading it, it did sound a lot like my ego self, like like a shadow version of me, like if it went too far, like it can be really bad, but I'm also different and have like a bunch of different qualities so that you describe it that way. Like it just made like a whole lot more sense. Yeah. Well, the thing is a lot of us talk about the ego, like we'll say, oh, that guy has an ego. Mm. What we're really saying is like he has an inflated ego or he's arrogant, Mm -hmm. but we all have an ego. It's our sense of self. Yeah. And the problem is the ego has been designed and evolved to survive, not necessarily thrive, and it wants to protect itself. And so Mm. the ego usually is driving the car and we're sitting in the front seat and the ego is taking us where it wants to go until we're like, oh, thanks ego. Like you can sit in the back seat now. I'm not Mm going to kick you out because that's impossible. You're my sense of self. Yeah. But I'm going to be more mature and I'm going to drive this car. Interesting. So the ego. That's a really good analogy. (laughs) I really like that. And one way that it's been described before is it's almost like our Enneagram can be like our mask, something that we can revert back to, you know, as like a safe, kind of like a safety net. And I can find myself like going back into my eight personality and like reverting there and almost using it as like an excuse for things whenever like I'm in a lower state of vibration or something. So I love that you described that and that we all do have like an ego and a sense of self. It's just about which one are you going to let drive? Mm -hmm. (sighs) My quick question to interject um, for the people listening who maybe don't know their number yet and can go take a test. Is there an online test you recommend? Yes. So I've got two links that I can send to you. Yes, one is they will free. be in the description. Yeah. Go take it and then come back. <laughs> For sure. One is free and one is paid. I recommend the paid one. But actually, online tests um, cause a lot of mistyping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of us think like, okay, this is the scientific test. These are my results. And that's the end of it. Yeah. But typing interviews with a trained coach, like any Enneagram coach will tell you, do a typing interview to figure it out. Mm-hmm. First of all, they're a lot more fun. Like mm. we get to talk about you and that sort of thing. Yeah. But online tests, they usually are multiple choice. Mm-hmm. And when I'm figuring out someone's type, like I'm not just listening to their answer. Yeah. I'm listening to like your verbal cues. Like, are you confused by the question or is it just like word vomiting out of you? Yeah. That sort of thing. So typing interviews, I highly recommend. I've got a link for that too, to schedule yeah. with me. Um, we'll also have that in the description. For sure. <laughs> cool. Go check all of the above out. Yes. Yeah. But there are some good, like some tests are better than others, but just realize that it, the test is a tool mm-hmm. to figure it out. It's not like the end all be all. Yeah. Makes sense. So I, I kind of want to stick on the topic of like mistyping because I feel like a lot of people do get mistyped. Why do you think that happens? And what can people do, like whether it is like taking the test or with a coach to make sure that they don't get mistyped? Yeah. So 
So to answer why mistyping is common, um, when we're figuring out our type, our ego is kind of there with us. Mm -hmm. So certain types test as certain types. And if you're stressed, you answer questions differently. Mm. If you're feeling awesome, like if I said, like, how did you experience your most recent difficulty? Mm -hmm. If you're in a great mood, you're like, oh, well, I crushed it. It was great. Mm -hmm. And especially as a seven, you're going to put a sunny spin yeah. on everything <laughs> for sure i'm okay i've actually yeah. i've i told you before we started this is i've bounced between i've taken this like multiple times throughout the last few years because i'm just curious on if i change or, or anything and i bounce between a two and a seven and i do notice that the days where like i deal with mental health issues i deal with depression all of these other things and the days that those are winning that i take the test i'm a two and i think that's I don't, I mean, I don't know what that means. You probably know what that means. But when I am feeling like my more confident, like happy self, I do answer more as a seven. So I do, my answer does change. And like, which one is the truest form of me? I don't really know, which is why we're here. <laughs> which is why yeah. we're here. Well, it's funny you mentioned twos. Um, twos are very like maternal nurturing sort of thing. So a lot of women who are not twos test as twos. Mm -hmm. And a lot of men who are twos test as something else. Mm. So mistyping is really common for those reasons, Makes especially because like we were talking about before, it's based on your motivation, not your behavior. Mm -hmm. So mm. if we're measuring the behavior, like I have, when I take the test, mine says three and seven. And I've, <laughs> I was telling you before, I always email my coach like, oh my gosh, I think I'm a seven. And he's like, Caroline, you're the threest three <laughs> that's ever three. That's yeah. ever three. <laughs> I love it. But because of my outward facing behavior, um, like I'm a social three, that looks a lot like a seven on the outside. Mm -hmm. But my motivation, like your type is your type from birth to gotcha. death. So it doesn't change. Yeah. We take on different attributes of other ones, but your type is the same. It's just a matter of finding that one. Yeah. I Makes like sense. like the way that you said it was so nice. It's like your mo it's your motivation. And when I'm thinking about like what an eight's motivation is and then what a seven's motivation look, I said it right that time. <laughs> what, a what a seven's motivation is. Um sevens, what are sevens motivated by and what are eights motivated by? Yeah. Um so sevens are motivated by joy, excitement, new stimuluses, new stimuli. Um, a lot of newness because mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know sevens are so much fun. <laughs> they are. They're a lot more fun. Yeah. That's why when we were talking oh, no, about each fun. other's, I was like, your sounds way more fun no. to hang out with. I'm an introverted seven though. So yeah. like my new experiences are usually me trying new things within my own life. I don't really like go out and try experiences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also read too, when I was like doing my own studies <laughs> that sevens also are, can be multi-passionate in yes. things because they're oh, like wildly. Yeah, do, 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 do. I do 400 things for she a does living. love mm -hmm. to do a lot yeah. of different things like yeah. she does fitness she does photography she wants to do like other people's marketing and stuff she also wants to do things with like cars I don't <laughs> yes. I, I do don't know lot. Kendall that's very seven yeah. and sevens also fear like being limited, being put yeah. in a box, that sort of thing. So I, oh, I wow. couldn't work a nine to five if I tried. I tried multiple times. I tried being like a trainer at a gym, even which is still pretty flexible. And I was like, this is still too controlling. This is too, I have to be here at a certain time. I can't do that. You're, you're, you're um, blocking my seven <laughs> from just I'm flying sorry, high. Quit because <laughs> I feel too confined here. That's so true. Yeah. Um, so the other question that I had at least was how do you actually read your results? So say they either, 
let's say that most people that are listening to this are probably going to take the test. So when they read their results, how do they start to then like implement these things into their lives? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Let me gather my thoughts so that I don't ramble for an hour. (laughs) Um, So in, so when I'm working with someone, like someone just figured out their type, I recommend starting with like self-awareness. So learning about your type, diving in, um, and then moving into the inner work, which is like implementing that for growth. Mm -hmm. So where you guys are, like, you know, about the Enneagram, I would say that you're in the space where I encourage you to just dive in. Um, The Enneagram Institute has a lot of information. So just Googling stuff. Um, There are a lot of Instagram accounts, Mm -hmm. like mine and tons of other amazing ones. Mm -hmm. Um, But be careful about getting your information from, you know, memes and stuff like that. Because, I mean, you guys as trainers know, like, Social media is helpful, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, you know, I see a similar thing with astrology where they are like, yeah. this is what outfit you should wear. And it's like, that's not really what this is about. <laughs> so <laughs> similar with Enneagram, I'm sure. Yeah. So I would encourage you to learn about um, your basic desires, fears, your primary defense mechanism, because mm. that awareness is going to give you the tools and the, it's going to give you the awareness to see what you're doing well and see the problems that your type structure is giving you too. Mm-hmm. I think we both quickly identified with like, oh, these are the negatives that come with our type when we did start to like look them up on our own. Like she instantly went into the like, oh, okay, like <laughs> I can be a little like coming on a little strong. And then for me, it was a lot Mine's of, oh, rage. you. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it was like, oh, you do all of these things to hide from any feelings of sadness. And it was like, okay, like, yes, I do take it to that extreme sometimes. So I think you can like start to self-identify I would like, these are the good parts of my number and these are maybe the things I can work on. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like another aspect of like taking personality tests and um, like even astrology and like the number of things that we can do to have something tell us who we are um, that we get like so caught up in it. So how do you think people can use this tool as a where a way to like propel them forward and not kind of use it as like a crutch. You know what yes. I mean? Like, oh, that's just my eight. Like, <laughs> I don't need to be vulnerable because, you know, I'm an eight, mm-hmm. you know, or like I'm weirdly like a Pisces, which also doesn't make sense with my Enneagram eight. But like people can use like astrology in that way to like basically um, kind of write off why they're acting. Yeah, a certain way. yeah basically that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would say two things to learn about would be the levels of health, because kind of like what you guys were describing, like you see the healthy aspects and you're like, oh, hell yeah, let's go. Mm -hmm. And then you read about the bad parts, like as a three, unhealthy threes are scary, charming narcissists. They're liars. They're crazy. They cheat. They lie. Very, very bad. Mm -hmm. So I would read about the levels of health to see, okay, this is what I aspire to be. Um. And this is... Like, these are the warning signs. So, like, I don't lie ever anymore. Like, I used to think, oh, I'm running late. I'm going to say it's car trouble. No, that's not allowed for me anymore because I know that that's a slippery slope. So the level of health could be a good place to start. That is fascinating. That's really cool. Mine are, like, all evil dictators. If my (laughs) my shadow self are all, like, evil dictators. But then also, like, if it's the not shadow self, so the, the bright, positive 
eight of me, it's like MLK, like mm-hmm. real, like good leaders, not not evil leaders. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now everyone listening is probably like, okay, I know what this is, and I'm really interested. So I feel like we should go into the actual enneagram. So let's do it. I know that they're broken up into like different categories and there's like wings and then there's like things that connect. Cause like, I know when I got mine, it said eight and then it had like two lines that were pointing at two different things. So if you can explain some of that to the, to the listeners, cause like they don't know, but I don't know. Anything, I already, so you can just speak to me. I already know. Educate me. Yeah. <laughs> let's just like go over a bunch of vocabulary words. So like we Ooh, all know what yay. we're talking about. Okay, cool. So, um, let's see. So we've got, okay, so the wings are really like popular to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, frankly, I would encourage people to, yeah, learn which one your wing is, but don't place a huge weight on that because it's more for self-awareness, not as helpful for growth as the subtypes are. What so, is a wing? So your wings are the two numbers on either side. So your okay. wings are um, seven and nine. Uh-huh. Yours are six and eight. Yeah. So those are like your neighbors. Yeah. yeah okay. They're your neighbors. So they kind of influence your behavior a little bit. Um, you have both wings, but usually one is stronger. So for example, I'm a three. I have a pretty strong two and four wing, but I lean more towards the two. Mm. So a three wing two is a little bit more like, helpful mm-hmm. and a three wing four is a little bit more focus on the work and mm-hmm. like creation I guess you could say makes mm-hmm. sense yeah so wings are fun to learn about um and they're helpful for identifiers so uh, if you said I'm an eight wing seven versus an eight wing nine I would know just a little bit more about you but mm-hmm. it's not as helpful for growth got it so I could go on a soapbox about this because subtypes are really what is more helpful for growth gotcha so, so what's a subtype <laughs> yeah so I'll go over it quickly um So basically, we all have three instincts um, within this framework. It's the self-preservation instinct focused on the self, the social instinct focused on like groups and hierarchies within groups, Mm -hmm. protecting the group. And there's the sexual instinct, which is also known as like Mm -hmm. one-to-one. And that's more about like attracting a romantic partner, like focusing on your relationship. Um, But it's not always a partner. It could be like a business partner or like your best friend or your Mm -hmm. best friend group. So we all have those three instincts. One of them is usually kicking in a lot and we're relying on it a lot. One of them is usually repressed, meaning we're not Mm. really relying on it much. And the other one just kind of sits somewhere in the middle. So your dominant instinct is the strongest one and that determines your subtype. Okay. Interesting. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. You're explaining things well. It's it's all new to me. So I'm like, like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So learning what your dominant instinct is, is helpful so that you can um, tame it a little bit and not be controlled by it. And your repressed instinct, like my self-preservation instinct is repressed. So self-care is, does not come naturally to me. Like Mm -hmm. I'll skip meals by accident, that sort of thing. Gotcha. Got it. Oh, interesting. I, I don't, I didn't learn any of that about mine. So I have no idea yeah. what mine are. Yeah. Yeah. So that's we talk to, uh, this is my soapbox rant of all time. Like we talk about wings so much, but the subtype is like helpful and it's a better identifier. So yeah. if you're learning about the Enneagram, like blow people's minds to be like, oh, well, what's your subtype? <laughs> I know. <laughs> do you know your subtype? So fancy. <laughs> I do not. How <laughs> is, is working one-on-one with a coach the only way, way to find your subtype or is it more like self-recognized? Either way, um, I would say working with coaches is the fastest way just because the Enneagram is like, it can be a complicated tool if you aren't informed, like the amount of 
classes and programs I've taken to understand this. And I'm still learning every day. So working with a coach, I would say is the best way, but it's similar. Like people don't need a coach to work out, Mm -hmm. but working with you is going to really accelerate that. It's true. And it's like, if like what we always say on here, it's like, you could definitely do this all on your own. You could do the research. You can go down the rabbit hole. You can, you know, have the information overload, or you could just like pay a little bit extra and like shortcut to a coach so that Mm -hmm. you can get there a lot faster. If that's something that you're available to do. That's really cool. Um, so now that we know subtypes, I'm interested to figure out what mine is later and do a little bit of research. Now let's go into the three different triads. Mm-hmm. So first there's the gut, which is eight, nine, and one. I'm cheating on my sheet because obviously, obviously I'm not a coach for this. So, <laughs> so let's talk about that. And why is it called the gut? Yeah. Why is that portion of Enneagram types called the gut? So there are, um, so the three triads you're referring to are the three centers of intelligence, kind of like the instincts. We all have all three centers of intelligence, but again, normally we're like disconnected from one, maybe two. Gotcha. Um, Or one stronger than the other. Yeah. So like as so you're an eight, you're in the gut triad. You're much more in tune with your gut instinct, your bodily. I can't listen to my gut. (laughs) I'm very good at, oh yeah, she's got gut issues. <laughs> but like my anxiety, like butterflies in my stomach, I've learned I cannot trust, I cannot listen to. So I'm, that makes and sense. And you're in the head triad, that makes yeah. sense. I'm in the heart triad, yeah. so we've got one representative wow. from each. <laughs> one representative from each triad. Interesting. And when I was like, okay, why am I in the gut? That's upsetting. <laughs> it's just like a gut instinct, right? Or like a gut feeling. Yeah, you could also call it the body triad. Okay, cool. (laughs) The bodybuilder in the body triad. Okay, so tell me a little bit about this group of people that are in the gut triad. Yes. So um, each one of those triads I just described kind of has a main emotion that they deal with. Mm -hmm. And so for the gut, that's anger. So eights, nines, and ones. Yeah, like you deal with anger. So you might feel anxious, but it shows up first as anger. Yeah. You may feel sad, but anger shows up first. So it's kind of like a cloud that you have to like move through to get to the real feeling. Um, like the feelings, the wheel of feelings or the feelings wheel that mm-hmm. y'all talked about with, um, yeah. Danelle. <laughs> yeah. That's a great way to use that so that you're not just like, Oh, I'm angry, but I'm actually sad. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, um, eights, nines and ones all deal with anger differently. So eights, um, tend to be more like easy access to anger. So sometimes it can be more explosive. Nines try to avoid it. (laughs) And ones try and like control it and keep it in. Like some ones even have jaw problems because they're like clenching their jaw from their anger. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So let's go into describing what um, eights are like. Eights are very good leaders. Are we allowed to cuss on this podcast? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Be loyal as fuck. I'm with you to the end, right. bud. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, the eights are, um, my favorite thing about eights are like, they have this hard exterior where it's like, I am strong, I am not vulnerable, but there's this gooey center. No, there's She is not. calling you yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> I love talking to eights about eights because you guys are like, no. <laughs> Which I think just like proves the point further that you are an eight. I know. Well, it's, the primary defense mechanism is denial. It's so funny. I feel oh like even our like the people that listen to our podcast regularly, like they see your personality. They, they're going to listen. They're going to be like, I know you're an eight. Like stop. Yeah. But that's been like my biggest growth edge. And 
yesterday I was rereading all the notes that I took when I did the test myself. Cause I like, can't just like take notes. I can't just do a test and like not take notes. Um, that's very aid of me also. <laughs> but um, so I was reading back my notes. And the one thing that I read that like really stood out to me was that, oh man, I'm, I'm losing it as I'm talking about it. Uh, what were we you just talking about? Denial, um, eightness, powerful, mm. anger. The people. Oh, it was about the vulnerability. At, it was the vulnerability aspect of it. And it was saying that like my most powerful self is right behind that. Like if I just get past that, then I can be like the eightest of eights. And it said that like all those good leaders that also are eights like MLK. Um, there's other ones that I can't remember, but I really just remember MLK is that like they became who they were because they got past that vulnerability and hard mm-hmm. exterior part. And I was like, Ugh. no matter like I've, I've, I've tried I try hard and I continue to grow in this area, but I just know that like once I get past that or like just drop all of the hard exterior aspect of things that like I am going to succeed very quickly. So I read that and was like, oh man. Are you familiar with Brene Brown? Yes. And people keep telling me it's a girl. Yes. Yes. She's, it's a girl. She's a, <laughs> she, she's a woman. Uh, people keep telling me to listen to her and I just like, it keeps slipping my mind. Even our friend Erica and like another one of my friends, they always tell me and I keep forgetting, but I'm, this is like a third time. So I need to listen. Oh yeah. You should check her out. Well, (laughs) she's an eight and her, like she's an author. She, her whole thing is vulnerability, but she's an eight. And so for eights, like recognizing that vulnerability is the ultimate form of strength it's very hard, but each of us, each type has a deepest unmet longing. Mm. And it's basically what our ego wants it so bad at the end of the day, but our ego also paradoxically gets us further from. What's and mine? Embracing vulnerability and realizing that it's a strength and not a weakness. That it's not icky? It's not <laughs> icky, yeah. And that doesn't mean you have to be like a bleeding heart, heart on your sleeve sort uh-huh. of thing, but like what you're doing right now, what you're doing with this podcast, all of that is vulnerable. Like putting yourself out there is vulnerable yeah. to a certain and we extent. we talk about vulnerable topics. Yeah, I think you do. just approach it in a strong way versus I'm the type to open up and cry. That's like true. That's, I think that's, that's the That's why you're difference. in, um, you're in, are you in the heart? <laughs> no, I'm in the head. I'm surprised you're not in the heart. I am also I'm surprised. Honest. I might need to retake that test. But then you are also very heady. Like I'm, you're I'm always in, in your- I want to talk about them. Unless, yeah, for sure. Are you, are you good? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, <laughs> no, we're going to talk good. about them. So um, that's an eight, but yes. we still haven't gone over. We're going through every single number. Okay. We're going through every single number so people get on here can listen. And Do you want to touch on nines and ones then since yes. they're also in that gut? Yes. Sure, yeah. Do you want to go over the ones that aren't y'all's types a little bit faster? We, I we could can. talk forever about everything. It's okay. I think, I think it's just okay. summarizing because like obviously now we know since they're kind of grouped in with with the eight that it's similar, but you can talk about like what the differentiation is. I so let's talk sure. about a nine. Okay. Real quick. Yeah. Nine. So nines are our chill vibe people. Like they tend to feel good if everyone else feels good. So conflict, they're going to avoid it. Mm-hmm. So they deal with anger too, but they deal with anger by avoiding it. Oh. Got it. So they are um, their primary defense mechanism is numbing out. And oh. by the way, primary defense mechanisms are like the first weapon our ego picks up when it starts to feel conflict, anxiety, whatever. Interesting. So it like keeps it in place. Mm-hmm. So that's why I talk about it a lot because like once you master releasing yourself from that, then yeah. you 
get yourself out of the box that your ego wants yeah. you to be in. If you're aware of like, okay, when I'm in a lower vibration, my default, uh, my default is anger or whatever. Now, I mean, step one is like, now that you're aware of that, like that's a really good thing. Cause for me now I can recognize like, oh, I'm getting angry. Mm-hmm. So nines, they just like, they just avoid. They've, yeah, they can avoid, they can merge. So they can like see someone else's energy and kind of like match that or like make it, they, they want it to be good vibes. Uh-huh. They don't want to ruffle feathers. So their primary defense mechanism, yours is denial. Theirs is um, numbing out. Got it. So they like comfort. Um, they can be lazy sometimes. Um, I, I hate using that word. Probably because okay. I'm a three. Um, <laughs> but they can be lazy in their lower levels of health. Um, but in their like high levels of health, they can be amazing leaders because they hear other people out. They're very others focused. Um, I feel like you have to be sort of an empath to reciprocate people's energy. So. Yes. And they're like very good at empathy. Got it. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. And now the last one of the gut triad ones. Yes. Ones are our perfectionists. They're very black and white. They're focused on correctness and politeness and stuff like that. So um, they... Let's see. I'm trying to think of an example. Um, like an unhealthy one would be Angela from The Office. <laughs> That's such you a good analogy oh for Julia. I'm dead. Yeah. That's so cute. You like she, the office? Loves, I love Angela. she loves The Office. Okay, we can use <laughs> Office references more oh, than. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. But okay. Yeah, they can be uptight, but um, the fun thing is their growth arrow goes to seven. So, like, oh. I think sevens are probably the most fun on the Enneagram, but. If you hang out with Thank a one <laughs> accessing their seven arrow, it's like, oh my gosh, so fun. <laughs> Got it. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that's the gut triad. Now we're moving into the heart, which is two, three, and four. So what is their driving force and underlying emotion so for these three? They're under. So they're focused on like creating an image and the, each of them do it in a different way. Um, and they deal with a lot of shame and guilt. So when I'm like, doing a typing interview a lot of the times I'll ask like how often do you deal with shame or how often do you feel guilty and most heart triads especially twos are going to be like all the time I feel guilty all the time <laughs> do you um yeah you know like if I sleep in too long I feel guilty like mm-hmm. that sort of thing gotcha. um so it's not always like oh I, I'm wronging everyone all the time gotcha. but yeah we deal with guilt Okay, cool. Okay, I mean, not cool, but (laughs) now that I know. Okay, so let's go over what a two is like. So our twos are our helpers, our nurturers. Um, They, similar to the nines, are very others-focused. I feel like my mom is a two. A lot of moms are twos, and a lot of moms kind of have to take on the two role. Yeah. But my mom's a two also. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she literally wants everyone else happy, and she, like, doesn't care if she's happy she's like as long as my my kids and my family are great I think my default might still be that too because I also am constantly feeling shame and guilt like constantly and I always care more about everyone else around me than myself and I think recently I've been trying like the last two years like forcefully and now it's secondhand prioritizing me which is the only reason I think my answers have changed while taking the test. But I still think a lot of me resides into, I think I was trying to run away from two because I, I realized I wasn't putting myself first at all, at all to the point where it was like detrimental. 
Interesting. I'd be curious when we talk more about y'all specifically, can Mm -hmm. we like kind of figure out like if you please do. (laughs) We can fully redo my whole thing. We just did ours on a test. Yeah. Like we just did a a test, but I was overwhelmingly an eight. So I'm pretty sure I'm an eight, but (laughs) I've changed a lot in the last like two years. Julia's seen a lot of it. I was, I was the complete opposite confidence wise and all those other aspects than where I am now. So I don't know if that actually means I changed or if it's like somewhere deep in me, I don't know. I'll, we'll go into that in part two. I'm but. excited to explore okay. that because <laughs> you could be a social seven also. So we'll, we'll figure it out. Okay. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Anyway, I'll let you continue about twos now. Okay, we're talking about twos. Yes. So their primary defense mechanism is repression. So like, like their own feelings, needs, desires, just pressure cooker of emotion that eventually might explode. (laughs) So twos um, tend to, similar to nines, avoid their feelings just by pushing them down, but they feel them so bad Mm. or so they feel them so strongly. Mm -hmm. And um, they tend to get and base their self-worth on the opinions of others. So that's why they're constantly like, here's a gift. And then like how thankful you are is how good they're going to feel about themselves. Yeah. So if you reject them, that hurts them real bad. My mom's, funnily enough, both of our um, acts of, or um, love languages are gift giving and acts of service. So we enjoy like doing things for other people and giving people (laughs) gifts. Which is really funny. I really think my mom's a two. Um, that's adorable. Sounds though. like she is. I think yeah. she might be. And uh, eights in growth go to two. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting combination. Yeah, I'm like a. You're turning into her. Yeah, <laughs> I, except she uh, she's de- definitely more kind than I am. You know, like we'll give like she'll give you the shirt off her back. Like she'll give you her food if she's hungry. Like legit, we'll do that. And me, I'm like nah. Yeah. <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> um, okay, so that's a two. So now let's talk about three. Three, that's me. Well, we're the best. No, <laughs> we're the best. Obviously. We achieve everything and we're great. Actually, one of the like descriptors, like there's um, the achiever. Um, one of them is called the best, which is so cringy to which me. Which number? The three. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. It's cringy to me, so I don't say it, but like threes are focused on success and effectiveness and um sometimes we'll settle for the image of success Mm. like our passion is um deceit so there's a passion and a um fixation which is like our emotional pattern and thought patterns Mm -hmm. kind of some more vocabulary words and so six or sorry threes their passion is deceit so we want to be successful um but kind of like the twos we get our self-worth from the gold stars of other people Mm -hmm. so like the admiration of others the titles the trophies whatever but the problem is when those aren't there Mm. we feel empty we're like who even am i because we're constantly changing another word for them is the chameleon Mm -hmm. so like i worked in for years in an industry that i hated and couldn't be myself in it was politics Mm -hmm. the worst wow and so i would go to work Put myself aside, be yeah. who I be the best I had to be to be the best. Exactly. Yeah. And then eventually I left that industry and was like, who even am I? What do I want to do? Wow. I'm so out of touch with like the twos get out of touch with their needs and desires. Uh-huh. Threes get out of touch with who they even are. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Cause it's like, do you think it could be because you do want to be the best and like achieve it, whatever it is that you do, that even if it's something that you hate, you'll still go like full force into it and like, I'm here. And then you look the next day and you're like, wait, 
Why did 10 I years have passed. <laughs> yeah. Who am I? Exactly. Wow. Yeah. And, and that could be like a shadow version of a three where it can end up being something that's negative. Yep. Wow. Okay. Let's wow. go into the four, so which is the last of the heart triad. Yes. So our fours are very much in their heart, in their feelings. They are, um, tend to be very artistic. They really love like deep connection and authenticity um, but they can sometimes see themselves as outsiders because they crave that deep connection and authenticity so much that if things are surface level, they mm. feel like an outsider. So that's why they love creative expression and like songwriting, painting, whatever sort of expression that they have. Mm. Um, they go deep into that because they feel so um, good in that. They can tend to be... They can tend to feel their negative emotions very, very strongly and mm. not resonate so much with the positive all the time. Um, sometimes they don't trust positivity too much. So I think some fours are skeptical of me because, like, if you look at my Instagram, it's rainbows, sunshine, uh -huh. all this stuff. Yeah. And They're like, what's really going on here? <laughs> mm -hmm. Eights can be that way, too. They're like, you're 30. Why do you like rainbows so much? No. This must be fake. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> So yeah, fours are, I, I love hanging out with fours. <laughs> I, I, it's, I love hearing you talk about each type because like, I, I don't know if you're doing this too, Kendall, but you're like thinking of people in your life. I'm, yes. Like, hmm, I'm sitting here and I'm wait, like, that's definitely this person. Hold on. When we did Erica, what was Erica? A five. Okay. We okay. haven't gone into fives yeah. yet. Okay. So now we're going into the last triad, which is the head. Mm -hmm. So tell us about fives. Yes. So head triads in general, um, or head, yeah, head types in general, very cerebral. So that doesn't mean that they don't have emotions or anything like that, but they can overanalyze a lot. So our fives, my husband's a five, um, <clears throat> excuse me, not all fives are nerds, but my husband's a nerd. So I'm going to say nerd a lot. <laughs> Please know that that's not a derogatory term. <laughs> so an cute. endearing nerd. Yeah. Yes. So I call my boyfriend a nerd, but he's not a five. He's just a nerd. <laughs> he's just a nerd. Well, fives um, very much in their head, like... Um, gathering knowledge, gathering resources, their energy, their social batteries can deplete very quickly. So they tend to like protect all of that, um, kind of have a scarcity mindset in that way. But um, like in the T of knowledge, so like here's like surface level knowledge of a lot of topics. Here's deep knowledge about one topic. If you can't see, she's making like a T with her with her hands. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> top it's like a little the, graph. The top and then a little leg going down yeah like a capital t capital t so the fives are in the like deep knowledge in topics sort of thing so a five might be shy at times but um not always but if you get them going on a topic they're excited about just let them go it's so Ooh. fun to watch <laughs> yeah because like our friend erica she's typed oh as a five gosh. and i'm pretty sure she's a five she's just very tell them tell her about that time when you were doing like makeup <laughs> I'm she like will just like blurt out like random like, things. Trigger warning that like it was a touchy so subject yeah, and I won't warning. go into like what I said, but I was sitting there. It's like seven in the morning. We're about to do a photo shoot. I'm sitting there. I'm just doing my makeup. And she comes up to me and she goes, do you believe in God? And I was like, okay, we're doing this. <laughs> and I, like, I haven't even had I, like, breakfast. Put my, I put like my makeup down and I look at her and I answer. And then she goes, she, she did go into like the abortion topic with me. 
second and then suicide third and i was like these topics at seven in the morning (laughs) she wants me to get no literally (laughs) but i do think that resonates with the five she's just so curious and wants to know more about like what i thought about all these things so that then she could open up about those things and get deep herself Mm -hmm. she really just loves to like gain knowledge on yeah on anything really mm-hmm. it's, yeah it's we're like crazy. out to sushi and she's like so what's your experience with antidepressants and i'm like okay <laughs> like just constantly right. wanting to go to those deep topics that a lot of people will shy away from and that's what that's my favorite trait about her is that she hits those topics and wants to know more and then like wants to learn herself more and yeah but when she gets on a topic she will yeah. she will she's the type to like work until three in the morning do it because she'll start a project mm-hmm. and she's just like diving into it that's so, so very fine. much so a five she's a weird one man i love her i love enneagram because like like if i were like if someone were to ask me that if i didn't know that oh oh people are different like their motivations aren't the same as mine i might have been offended by that and maybe you were but for her like understanding oh she's just uh, she's a five and this is how she's connecting with me yeah she just wanted to know how what i thought about those three Mm -hmm. topics and i was like okay and they love debating and like heated heavy debate Mm -hmm. isn't something that they're afraid of and they don't necessarily want to win like you or me or, me, or a seven would. I don't even want to win. <laughs> like they want to win, but like they want to have the debate to gain more knowledge. Yeah. They're very yeah. curious. Yeah. Versus me, I'm like, I would yell just, just to win. <laughs> and I'm like, I win! <laughs> I'm the winner! <laughs> so that's fives, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay, so now let's talk about sixes. Okay, sixes are also very loyal, like eights. Um, sixes are... Constantly kind of in their head, um, thinking of worst case scenarios that could happen and how to avoid them. So they're very prepared, wow. like preppers. Mm-hmm. That's a very six. I noticed thing. on the Enneagram test, there were multiple questions kind of reframing, like, are you prepared for a disaster? Mm-hmm. And I was like, like, that's not something I'm really like prepared for. Yeah. So in my head, I was like, oh, do people do that? But I guess that's the six. Mm-hmm. It's true. People yeah. do do that. Like Dwight Schrute has very <laughs> outward facing eight energy. <laughs> Wait, sorry, I was no, no, it's no, a, I love she it. She just loves no, the I office. Just, oh, good. Like, because when you're them. saying it, it's like, oh my god, yes. <laughs> I'm hoping that you guys listening have watched The Office and you I feel know like what everyone she's knows who about. Dwight is at least. Yeah, Dwight Case Root. So sixes in general, like fear, is very much in their head a lot. They their voice in their head is oftentimes described as a committee. Mm-hmm. So there's uh-huh. a lot going on, like a lot of what if, what if, what if. Um, so they either like cower from fear or they go straight towards it, which Dwight Schrute, like you wouldn't describe him as fearful. Mm-hmm. You'd just probably describe him as brave, but that fear is always there. So he's like running towards the fear, being brave and stuff. Like that's why he's got all these weapons. Yeah. That's and like a bunker and like a bunch of food stocked up in case the apocalypse happens. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Can you keep doing that? Like if you think <laughs> sure. of somebody or from any kind of like show or something that is sort of like that Enneagram. Just, yeah, even just like pop culture people. Yeah, just like yeah, someone yeah. to relate it to. Even if it's like a character or like something, because we know that they're not actually like that, which is really funny because Dwight K. Schrute is actually in real life, Rain Wilson is like the most spiritual, yeah, so gentle chill. human Love in the him. whole world. Yeah. It's wild. And he just came out with a new book called like Soul Boom. It's about like the new... Um, like spiritual awakening that like needs to happen. I'm like, that is so not Dwight K. True. Like <laughs> right. it's just wild. Um, I think he's a four or a five maybe. 
I don't in know real life. Yeah, in real life, yeah, okay. I'm a huge fan of his too. Yeah, Have you read Soul Boom? I haven't. I need oh, to get I want it. To. <laughs> yeah, he's. I just was wa- listening to the Office ladies, and they interviewed him, and he talked about the book, and I was like, that sounds dope. Yeah. And there's like a humor spin to it, and I really like like when there's humor brought into something like that, because like for me, it's more digestible. Mm-hmm. But um, wow. Okay, so Dwight. Dwight K. Schrute can be six-ish. Yes. So now let's talk about the seven. The seven. Kendall and Leah. I'm having an identity crisis though, because I'm like, what if I'm not? But I I'll know, but we can talk we'll about that. So. Yeah, so sevens are, are joyful people. As an Enneagram coach, I probably shouldn't have favorites, but sevens are my favorites. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Thank you. They're my favorites too, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, so positives about the seven, and I'm looking at you because I want to see like how this resonates. Um they are very upbeat, looking on the bright side, um, love new adventures, new stimulus, um, bad side or the unhealthy aspects, places where we can get into trouble with that is a fear of commitment because you're like, okay, if I'm in a relationship with this person, I can't experience all the other people out there. So kind of like what we were talking about where like vulnerability is your like mountain to climb, Mm -hmm. like commitment and like choosing to stay and not just could, in relationships that could oh yeah, I, was I was just gonna say, gonna say is I, that in other things too okay yeah. <laughs> like job I, hopping versus yeah. like going in one like this podcast is a commitment so technically it's making you say no to other things but you love this so you're yeah. committed here I assume. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I definitely think less in a relationship aspect because I am like the a very loyal person. So when I am committed, I'm 120% committed. But for jobs, yes. Like I constantly need to do more things, try new things. Even if I'm doing something on the same realm, like changing from on being an online coach to like training people in person or helping multiple different brands with their social media because I get bored doing one. Like I constantly yeah. need more it's like a new stimulus yeah. yes. like you you get bored doing like one specific thing for too long yeah she also just like sometimes randomly is like i want to move and i'm like <laughs> i love moving no yeah. Yeah. i love moving <laughs> not awesome. like too far because yeah, yeah, i have yeah. my home now but like i've moved five times in the last three years living here yeah okay. i just love moving i'm curious i'm hearing some three qualities too so i'm curious about that okay. um we can go into that in part two yes you can continue on what sevens are yes tell me more about me (laughs) (laughs) so the primary defense mechanism of the seven is rationalization so it's kind of like the it's all good because or kind of like explaining things away Mm -hmm. um so it's it's kind of like embracing toxic positivity sometimes Mm -hmm. not always to that extent but yeah like um you know always looking on the sunny side and just kind of having blinders on to the bad. But if we have blinders on to any aspect of life, we're getting away from reality. So that can be really fun, but then eventually that bad stuff catches up with you and those rose-colored glasses have to come off. And then it's you're really gonna hard have to, to have that, that conversation. You're gonna have to see that person. Like you're gonna no, have I'm to No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, she knows what I'm talking about. I'm <laughs> very much so when you were I forget which number it is already, but when you were talking about the people oh, that avoid anger, mm-hmm. that's how I am with all the other emotions. Cause I don't really ever experience anger. I don't like have that in me. Um it takes a lot to <laughs> it takes so much to make me mad at something. Instead I'll revert to like sad or anxious or whatever, Mm -hmm. but I absolutely avoid all of those by doing all the jobs I do or all the hobbies I have. Like kind of distracting yourself. Oh yeah. Yeah. Huge distractor. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I definitely feel my emotions and I'll sit in them sometimes, but ultimately I, I will try to distract as much as I can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things that she said the other day that was like, 
it was very if if she is a seven or if she isn't but it seemed very like seven of her to say she's like i love how much i just love everybody and love things <laughs> and and the people around me and i was like i do like yes, i she does she i have, does. So I have so many that. reasons to not love like i've been treated terribly by like friendships relationships like i've had experiences where you would be like oh there's no way she would put herself out there again but like I just continue to love. <laughs> like, I just want to love everyone. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Me, on the other hand, I'm like, you hurt me. I'm like, you're dead to me. You gone. Yeah. You you in the dirt. You dead. But this is like quintessential seven and eight conversation. <laughs> I love it. I know. And it's just funny because like, especially when we like hang out and when I'm with her, I can be, you know, just, I could just be myself. And even if the eights qualities come out. Um, even though it can be very like ego side of myself, I know that I can laugh at them. And like one thing that, and we'll kind of wrap up this little part for a second, but uh, we do this training, me and my boyfriend, we help run this training where in the training, we talk a lot about your ego and how you get to eventually learn what your ego is like. And when I was going through that training, my ego was very much an eight. It was like, things need to be in order. Like I'm the boss. I am categorized as like being like the macho. Everything's fine. Nothing can hurt me. And when you learn that about yourself, you can then really just like pick it apart and see it and almost like laugh at it. And for me, I enjoy laughing at myself in that kind of way. Because when I read, when I was reading my eight, and that's why it was so funny showing Kendall because I was reading Kendall's and I was like, she sounds so fun. And I was reading mine and I was like, I sound like, like, uh, like scary, but I was <laughs> laughing at myself because I know that if I take it to that level, like it's just, it can be really funny. Yeah. So yeah. I'm happy that you brought that in at the very beginning because that made me understand it a lot more too. Um, but guys, this is actually where we're going to end it for part one. So now you have a little bit of tidbits about each Enneagram and like the triads and stuff. If you haven't taken the test or yeah. worked with a coach, I would say do that. Yes. <laughs> and then like you can come back and listen to it and kind of resonate with what Yes. And we'll saying. have all Caroline's links down below too if you want to get her for a coach or if you want to take the test. But we will see you in part two. Bye. 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 <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the Know Your Power podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend and rate and review the show. Also, if you have any questions that you'd like to be answered on the show, feel free to email us at knowyourpowerpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, bye. Bye.